Aerosmith were one of the most popular hard rock bands in the 1970s, setting the style and sound of hard rock and heavy metal for the next two decades with their raunchy, bluesy swagger. The Boston-based quintet found the middle ground between the menace of the Rolling Stones and the campy, sleazy flamboyancy of the New York Dolls, developing a lean, dirty, riff-oriented boogie that was loose and swinging and as hard as a diamond. On this part two of a two-part special on Aerosmith, we're going to cover the remaining crazy facts about this legendary rock band. And welcome to another episode of Microbreak, the podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish. I'm your host, Michael J. Mayo, and this is episode 107. And this is the second part of the Arrowsmith special. And if you remember, we were counting them down, folks. We were counting them down. And now we're going to continue that count. And we're going to be looking at fact 21. The downside was we accidentally paved the way for Limp Biscuit. Now, let me read it so that makes sense, because right now it doesn't make any sense. In 1986, Run DMC covered Aerosmith's Walk This Way. Yes, that intro music you heard. Not only did the band give their blessing, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry actually worked on the cover as well. My guess is Steve said, as long as I can be on the album. This blend of hip-hop and rock was ultimately the real comeback that Aerosmith needed to resurrect their success. took Run DMC to bring him on back on the charts. Legend begets another legend. <laughs> One other band which was inspired by Aerosmith was none other than the huge rock band known as Van Halen. According to Joe Perry, he was told by Eddie Van Halen that Van Halen had gotten their break after they toured clubs in Los Angeles while playing Aerosmith songs. So they were covering Aerosmith songs and getting famous from it, and then they were able to pave their own path. Maybe we'll do a show on Van Halen, that whole lead singer change thing and all that jazz, but who knows? I was never a huge fan of Van Halen. I do like that song, Ice Cream Man, and I do like the David Lee Roth years, to be honest. 
Aerosmith's first album, also titled Aerosmith, was first released in 1973. Not only was it unsuccessful, but Rolling Stone magazine didn't even bother to review it. This might have had something to do with Columbia Records giving far more attention to the debut album of another up-and-coming musician, a young boss named Bruce Springsteen. Here you go, Jay-Z is on the table again. Eat it. Eat your New Jersey cake. (laughs) Look, I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, but anything sort of positive and popular that comes from New Jersey that isn't a bad thing, like high taxes and bad government, is something I praise. So there you go. Bruce Springsteen took uh, took the limelight there. You've got a fan in me. Despite all the negativity, Aerosmith did manage to impress a man named Izzy Stradlin. You might know him as a guitarist for the hard rock band Guns N' Roses. (laughs) Coincidentally, Guns N' Roses would later tour alongside Aerosmith, presumably leading Stradlin to eagerly ask... Steven Tyler for an autograph. No, that's just so cute. A rare second life. Aerosmith was actually re-released in 1976 after Get Your Wings and Toys in the Attic turned Aerosmith into superstars. In an impressive example of revisionism, Aerosmith and its top single, Dream On, became enthusiastically received. Hey friends, I wanted to talk to you about a new app I discovered called Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It searches the web for the most trending topics and reads them to you in a natural human voice. It's like having your very own news journalists browse content from sports, science, technology, entertainment, and much more. They even have podcasts, and Microbreak is no exception. Download and start listening to the free Newsly app today. Even better, use the promo code in the show notes below to receive one month of Newsly Premium for free. Now stop scrolling and start listening. Yeah, that is a big song. Huge, huge song. One of their biggest songs, I guess I could say, of all time. Dream On even became a top 10 single this second time around. Isn't that something? It was all about timing, folks. Not about the music, but about the timing. Rock on, dudes! Any fans of Guitar Hero, I'm a gamer, not a big fan of Guitar Hero because I can't really play the thing very well. I play a better regular guitar. We'll know that the video game series included a game entirely devoted to Aerosmith's music, Guitar Hero. Aerosmith was released in 2008, having been created with the band's cooperation. Selling out for nepotism. For all their success, 
Aerosmith's one and only single to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 was the love ballad, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which they recorded for the movie Armageddon. Please get off of the nuclear warhead. Hey man, I'm just trying to have a little fun before I die. That was a great movie, by the way. The song also got Oscar nominated for best song. Let's get sober. One person who was crucial to Aerosmith's comeback was the manager, Tim Collins. Collins, like Tom Collins, get it? Collins promised the band that if he could get clean, yo, (laughs) that was a fraudulent slip. (laughs) I want to leave it in. Collins promised the band that if they could get clean, he would make them the biggest band in the world by 1990. Despite years of addiction, the band fulfilled their end of the bargain during the late 80s. Very good. Things are going fine. While Collins didn't quite make Aerosmith the biggest band in the world by 1990, he came extremely close. The late 1980s saw Aerosmith release Permanent Vacation and Pump. These albums were hugely successful, selling millions of copies each and providing the world with singles like Angel. Hey, you knew it was going to be a crazy show. You knew it when you clicked on micro break that something was going to break. <laughs> the microphone. Get it? Mic broke. Micro break. Forget it. Just forget it. Janie's got a gun. Love in an elevator. And dude looks like a lady. Dude looks like a lady. Oh, that's sad because in the beginning of the last episode in the series, I mentioned that Steven Tyler is being compared to an old lady. And he wrote a song called Dude Looks Like a... Uh, just, uh, guys, stay with me. Keep up. A day to be celebrated. In 2002, MTV honored Aerosmith with the MTV Icon Award for their contributions to music and pop culture. Not to mention all those music videos which MTV played back in the day over and over and over again. Another movie which Aerosmith contributed a song to was for 2000's Charlie's Angels. Not a great movie. Good looking women in the movie. The movie was kind of crap. Not exactly a classic, but nonetheless, there you have it. Turning embarrassment into a hit song. At one point, Steven Tyler found himself hanging out in a bar. That in itself wasn't unique for Tyler, nor was the moment when he found himself checking out a beautiful lady who was sitting with her back to him. The surprise was that when the woman turned around, Tyler found himself looking at Vince Neil, the lead singer of Motley Crue. (laughs) Aside from being a goof on Tyler's part, this moment would go down to inspire Aerosmith's song, Dude Looks Like a Lady. that you didn't know that i bet you didn't know it close call in an alarming twist to their 2005-2006 tour with lenny kravitz aerosmith was forced back out when steven tyler required throat surgery they didn't publicly perform again until the summer of 2006 alongside the boston pops orchestra there you go just have an orchestra just drown him out for a while while his throat fully heals 
an album to inspire rock stars. One of the highlights of Aerosmith's career would have been their 1976 album Rocks. Several other rock stars have named Rocks as a major reason which made them pursue music. This includes Slash from Guns N' Roses, Nikki Six from Motley Crue, and James Hetfield from Metallica, and Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. Another great band, by the way. For the kids. In perhaps their most head-scratching choice of films, Aerosmith recorded the song Lizard Love for the movie Rugrats Go Wild. get funky they still say that right let's get funky according to brad whitford the 1989 album pump was so named because now that we're off the drugs we're all pumped up the album was famous for much higher numbers of sexual themes than their previous albums we get rid of the drugs and we push out the boobs in fact the lyrics weren't included because their record label feared enraged parents' opinions. Steven Tyler justified the sexual content by explaining that after all the time he had wasted on drugs instead of sex during the 1970s, he was making up for lost time. <laughs> Apache memory. One of the most ambitious songs from Toys in the Attic, let alone Aerosmith's entire discography, is the song You See Me Crying. Unique for Aerosmith, the song featured a symphony orchestra to add musical layers to the ballad. There, but for the grace of God, go we. In 1977, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry wanted to rent a plane for touring purposes. Here we go. They had their eyes on a Convair CV300, so an inspection was made. On top of the signs of an unsafe plane, someone pointed out to the band that the pilot and co-pilot of the plane were allegedly sharing a bottle of whiskey again during the safety inspection. This was too far even for Aerosmith. But the plane found another bunch of customers. Leonard Skinner ended up renting that plane for themselves. The plane would infamously crash, killing several members of the band, including their lead singer, Ronnie Van Zant. Wow. See that? I would have never known. Things fall apart. By the time Toys in the Attic was released, there were serious tensions growing with Aerosmith. Substance abuse only exasperated the problem. In 1979, Aerosmith was at Cleveland Stadium to be part of the World Series of Rock Festival. However, while they were there, Joe Perry and Tom Hamilton's wives got into such a furious confrontation that it resulted in a glass of milk being thrown. Even Tyler stepped in and confronted Perry about his wife's antics. This led to Perry parting ways with Aerosmith. Wow, <laughs> don't cry over spilled milk. Is, is that the, the moral of this story? Oh, my on. Whether he was fired or quit depends on who's telling the story. Low point. 
The early 80s were a terrible time for Aerosmith. Modest album sales led to smaller venues, while substance use caused Steven Tyler to perform badly during shows and even collapsing on stage. In 1980, Tyler was also involved in a motorcycle accident. His injuries were so bad that he couldn't perform or record until the following year. Even when the band reunited with Jack Douglas in 81 to make a new album, Brad Whitford left the band during the recording. Rock in a Hard Place didn't reverse the downward trend that Aerosmith was on. But folks, we're going to end it on a silver lining. Things didn't turn around for Aerosmith until 1984, when the original members of the band worked out an agreement to reunite. While their comeback album, Done With Mirrors, wasn't a smash hit, it did make them a popular touring act again. And yes, Aerosmith continues to tour to this day, as does many bands that have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They just continue to perform and make the money, but it's not about the money at this point, because they're all super, super, super rich. It's really about the music, man. Book them, and they will come. Just book them, and they will come. A naked Indian man told me that. Book them, and they will come. This is Michael J. Mayom, and this concludes the two-part special on the legendary wildly fanatical, excitedly crazy Aerosmith. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to rate and review this podcast, specifically this show, if you like. Tell us a little bit about it and why I should continue to do this for no money. <laughs> you can follow me at Twitter at Michael J. Mayo or follow the show at micro underscore break. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. 